Hey, Hockey Moms, check out BlueLineHockeyClub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Hey, hockey fans, it's that time of year again. NHL playoffs are here and summertime beer BBQs. Stay in style this summer by the grill, pool, or at your casual get-togethers with Summer Skate. Summer Skates are the leading sports sandal footwear in the business with NHL team brands or your own personal logos on real hockey lace straps. Check them out at SummerSkates.com or go to BlueLineHockeyClub.com and click on the link. You won't be disappointed. Summer skates are made with real hockey laces. Footbeds mold to your feet after a few wears. Summer skates are also washable, keeping your feet healthy and fresh. Summer skates. Stay fresh without the skates. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. Another exciting episode, episode 62 tonight. We have the usual suspects sitting in with us tonight. We have our producer, Uncle Lardy. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the nerd on staff, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how's your mom and them? And D-Train, our all-around sports guru. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweetos? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark Dr. Morley. Yeah. We got a special guest sitting with us tonight, boys. We have Dave, David Leggio. He's uh, been playing hockey for quite a while now. He was a Clarkson Golden Knight, a local guy from up here where we're from. But he's also played for Team USA, uh, a number of AHL teams, and he's been playing over in the EHL over in Germany for the Grizzly Wolfsburg. And uh, Dave, what's up? much. How are you guys doing? Good, good, right good, thanks for coming on, man. Where are you tonight? Thanks for having me. You're in Germany or you're back over here on the state's homeland? No, I'm in Buffalo, New York. Sunny, sunny Buffalo, New York. We saw the sunshine oh. today. First time. It was for a, while, for a second, but um, <laughs> I shock wore off. It was a great day, you know? Watch the zoo. They have the dinosaurs at the zoo now, so my son went bananas over that. Um, but yeah, happy to be back in Buffalo. Love it. Oh, man. Buffalo. It's no Canton. Buffalo. It's no Canton, but it's nice. <laughs> yeah, you guys have more than a Walmart, probably, so you went up on us. I think we have two Walmarts, so. Oh, shit. And probably a Target. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo. Yeah. Five Tim Hortons, which is nice. I think we're, I think we should get our dual citizenship any day now. All Buffalo, man. Yeah, Tim Hortons taking over the uh, East Coast for sure. So, Dave, what's going on, man? Are you going back over to Germany next year? I don't know. Uh, once again, uh, free agent like many times in my career nothing new um i would love to go back to germany it's a great place uh, to play and and to live but as of right now no offers there the league seems like it's kind of full goalie wise but uh gonna wait and see what comes up here hopefully uh they have another kick at the can here but uh just waiting for uh, the right offer nice Give us a little uh, lowdown of the listeners. You know, might, they don't really probably know too much about the league itself and, you know, the differences of playing over in uh, Europe compared to playing maybe in the AHL or something like that. All the different leagues, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, the is pretty good, especially especially for uh, for Europe. Um, it's a little more like North American stuff. So in each European league, you have import rules. Uh, but the DL's import rule is pretty high, so you can have up to nine non-German players uh, playing in 11 on the roster. So you get a lot of guys coming over from the NHL, AHL, um, ECHL coming over. And um, you kind of get a mix of the puck possession style play that they play in Europe and uh, also like North American, like bang and, and uh, you know, shots and stuff like that. So it's a pretty good league, especially since I first started playing. It seems the league got better and better every year. You know, you get some higher-end guys that come over that were – in the NHL and at the end of their career, or maybe uh, tween years between the NHL and the AHL. Um, so it's a good league, and there's a lot of really good German players as well, as you can see in the Olympics last year. You know, they got the silver medal. So um, obviously, there's some really good uh, national team players over there and, and German players. So kind of living is great. And I spent three years in Munich, which is uh, one of the best cities I've ever, if not the best city I've ever been to. Um, and uh, wasn't Wolfsburg, like you said last year. So it's just a nice place to live, nice place to, to play. The biggest difference, I think, is uh, the games. You, you play only 52 games compared to in the A. I think it's 76 if you're in the East uh, Conference. Um, and in, uh, with the, with that, every game's a little more intense, and and the fans are intense to watch. You know, uh, European soccer. It's similar in hockey, 
especially in the DEL, you have some bigger barns. So like Berlin, Cologne, um, those are 18,000 person stadiums and, and Mannheim and a couple others are up there in like 12, 10. So uh, the atmosphere gets pretty intense. So it's a fun place to play. And that, that goes for pretty much any European league, just how intense the crowd is. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a good way to uh, spend the second half of my career. Yeah, Dave, you were saying uh, about the import rule, um, you know, they can get so many imports. Did you have, uh, you know, quite a few friends over there that you knew or hung out with from uh, North America? Um, off the top of my head, guys that I've played with before. I don't think I've played with anybody in North America and then ended up playing with them in Germany. Um, I did, however, in Finland, my second year pro, I went to Turku, TPS. My roommate for two, for two years uh, was a Finnish guy and he was from Turku. So we ended up playing the same uh, team, uh, TPS, a second year pro. So that was pretty cool to have a, a roommate from college and uh, then play together. And he was my interpreter too. So that was talking <laughs> back then. He would speak Finnish and the guy would talk for five, 10 minutes and you'd get done. And I would look to my friend Max and be like, what do you say? <laughs> he say, we suck. <laughs> All right. No, that sounds about right. But, um, but I did end up, you know, this year uh, playing with a couple guys that I played with my first year in Munich and that I became pretty good friends with. So, um, but that, yeah, a lot of you guys I played against in Munich, uh, that I played against in the A that ended up in Munich. Uh, some guys like Keith DeCoin and Jason Jaffrey, Steve Canzato, um, Mets maybe, guys like that. So, but no, it's nice having North American folks. It's just more just for the Sunday, you know, the fantasy football and watching yeah. football up here. When I was with Finland, uh, I was just, you know, by myself up watching the Bills or whatever. So it's nice to have guys <laughs> into it. Nice. What, what was the language barrier like in Germany? Did you have to speak German at all or was it mainly English? Yeah, give us some German. Tell us something in German. <laughs> Right. My Deutsch uh, is not so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I can, I can speak enough. I can go to restaurants. I can order food, read menus, go to the grocery store. But I can't really conversate that well. And you don't really need to. Um, I mean, every German speaks English pretty much, especially, I would say, maybe below the age of 40 or 50. It's rare that someone can't speak some English to you. And I normally could say enough to get by. But... Um, in the locker room, I never had I never had German coach. So in, in Munich, you have Don Jackson, who um, you might remember he played for the Oilers in '84 and '85. I think he won two cups there. And uh, great coach, obviously American, and uh, he could speak German. He just would address the team in English because we had so many guys in the same this past year with a Finnish guy and a Canadian guy. So oh, that's interesting. Not, yeah, not really a language barrier at all, and I picked up enough that. You know, I did. I for most of my life over there, I didn't need to, yeah, you know, get translation. But uh, that's pretty good. Those are yeah. over there more like a billboard, or are they? Uh, I know, like whenever you watch European hockey, it seems like the jerseys are just covered with advertisement. Is that how it was over there? Well, not when I was at Red Bull, because they, you know, Red Bull owned the team, so that was the main main sponsor was our owner. Uh, I think we have like Subaru and like a juice company somewhere on our jersey. <laughs> uh, Wolfsburg, I think, was a bit more. You know, Wolfsburg was Volkswagen. Um, that, that's where they that their headquarters are in the big factory. So a bit more, and there's some teams that have more, but um, it's not too bad. It's not like some other leagues I see, like uh, Sweden, Finland, Czech, or something like that. The, the whole jersey is just a bunch of different colors. And I remember in in TPS. They had a big, like a rectangular logo across the top of the circles, and it was like a, a black or a dark blue. So early in the period, or like in, early in practice, if the puck was there, I couldn't see it. <laughs> uh, it was terrifying because it, it's a longer shot it's outside the top of the circles. Like some guy would come in for a clap, and I'd be like, oh, I can't see the puck. <laughs> and then kind of pick it up late, like it's, you know, there. Well, I was going to say, there's some, some games I've watched, like there's barely any white on the ice. It's just fucking plastered with advertising. It's like, how, the, how does a goalie pick up the frickin' puck? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they just, you can tell them to see the dark advertising. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a way to increase scoring. Maybe make the ice black, <laughs> the scoring go up yeah. double. You know? you know, instead of doing a white out, do a, do a dark out in the, uh, 
you know, the, the away team's end, so the goalie can't see the puck when it's up in the air. It just toss, toss them to the neutral zone. <laughs> you get any free uh, vodka for the Red Bull team? I don't supply the vodka. A lot of Red Bull, though. I don't know if you know how many flavors Red Bull has. It's like 11, 14, somewhere in there. Um, and Red Bull Cola is probably the best of the bunch, but it, it's worked out. I've been drinking Red Bull before games since I was a junior. My coach used to yell at me. He said uh, he, can, he can pair it to crack. I said I was going down too, and Junior said I was going down too much because I was drinking so much uh, Red Bull. Um, <laughs> That's so great. It kind of worked out. Yeah, you know, they just got some free Red Bull out of the deal. So, <laughs> Sponsor. So Dave, you know, uh, us from being upstate New York in the Canton and Potsdam area, tell the listeners about where you're from in Buffalo and how you made your journey to uh, upstate New York at Clarkson University. What made you decide Clarkson? Well. Yeah, so, so yeah, from Buffalo, New York, I, I grew up. I, I, I took the long road. Um, you know, I was a little bit of a late bloomer, so I could graduate high school at like 145 pounds and, um, you know, <laughs> played high school high school and midget all the way through high school. Um, it wasn't like nowadays here in Buffalo where you have all the full-time teams and the junior team is pretty strong. There's a lot of different programs in town that you could do. We didn't really have a lot for options there. And, I mean, the high school league was strong back then. I think high school hockey is a lot different than it is now. Um, everybody in town played it. Um, then after high school, um, I went out to play for the CD Selects in the EJHL, which is out of that at the time. It's gone now, but it's uh, the time for the RPI. So I played two years there, and I did pretty well. But uh, the only scholarship offer I had was Army. And my how I ended up going to Clarkson was my teammate and, and a good friend of mine, Sean Weller, was playing on our junior team. And Clarkson had committed him, and he ended up getting drafted third round out of the EJ, which is pretty good, yeah, obviously. Clarkson didn't need a goalie. I always wanted to go to Clarkson because in Pee Wee, I played for Pete Marchant, was my uh, one of our coaches. So Todd Marchant, a lot of the team looked. Yeah, so I don't, we all looked up to Todd, and, and during Pee Wee's, he, he got us all tickets to a game. He's playing for Edmonton, so we played at Marine Building Arena, it's called downtown Buffalo. Played there, went to Chefs for dinner. And then went to watch Edmonton play Buffalo. So, you know, this is pre-internet. I, I, it's not like college games are on TV. I didn't know anything about college hockey. So, like, it, for me, the only schools I really cared about or knew about were, like, BC, Michigan, and, like, Clarkson. So then also in high school, our, our coach took – we went to the, we were in the Messina tournament. So you guys know all about that. Um, <laughs> just freezing. Just freezing. <laughs> freezing cold. <laughs> and but we went, but we went to a Clarkson game, and I can't remember who from Buffalo was playing at the time. It was like Donnie Smith or Joe Carlos or someone like that. But they came and talked to us, and yeah, I just I was like blown away with the atmosphere, stuff like that. So you know, fast forward, Clarkson, you know, had seen me play at times, and I was I was really like proactive, as <laughs> probably too much, uh, but I was like proactive. I would email coaches and stuff because I was. I, I knew after that year I wanted to go to college. I couldn't play in our junior. I couldn't afford it. We we're, were paying for it. And um, so they offered me a, a walk-on spot, a recruited walk-on spot. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up there. It was just because Sean was so good, and they were seeing him play all the time. And the coaches gave me a walk-on shot. They said, if you, if you work hard and you, should, you prove that you can play, we'll end up giving you a scholarship. So after two years, I ended up earning scholarships. So, Who was it that recruited you? Well, George Rolls, the head coach, and then uh, – Greg Drexel and J.F. Pool. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yep. So, and I, I stay in touch with all three guys to this day. You know, really important people in my life. You know, the opportunity they gave me, the quality of people there, too. You know, that was one of the best things about playing there. was, it was like, a, it, it, you know, you always hear the cliches, like, oh, you know, hockey family, but like, we were, everyone's so tight. And I could talk to them about anything if I had to. And same thing with the guys on our team. Like, we were an extremely tight group always spending time with each other. It, it was a great, great four years. Getting a pizza roll at Sergi's. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that what's it called? Fat bag? Fat, Fat bag. bag. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like alumni weekend for whatever, you know, like, like uh, we were talking like Mikey the Cell, like he always took care of us. And, and yeah, Mikey. You know, always go to Sergi's, chicken parms, a pizza. Or, but and you try to stay away from the fat bag. <laughs> but it was like alumni weekend everyone like come, come in and like try to be in shape you know like oh look how, look how hard I'm working in the summer and then you get there and everyone eats like 10 fat packs and just like <laughs> crawls around town for the weekend <laughs> well well worth 
Plus, yeah, it's on the, plus you, you have to walk by it after McDuff's, right? Heading back to campus. You're not getting by it. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it was like a tractor beam. We were growing young boys, you know? They were, so it was like a tractor bring, bringing you in. And I think I think there was like a like a, a like a little knot was it like a garlic knot or something too? Yeah, the garlic knots. Yeah, yeah. I eat a little differently now. I can't get a little <laughs> garlic knot. But uh, you know, hopefully I can get back up there soon and and uh, get one in. <laughs> yeah, Clarkson's uh, you know, and you know, St. Lawrence kind of be in the same boat. Be in one of the schools that has uh, only one Division One program. Um, you know, it's kind of cool for the, you know, the athletes on that team, you kind of get treated a little bit differently, um, than the rest, I'm sure. And the atmosphere that the town brings to the, to the hockey team and to the rinks. I mean, there's no professional team up here. I mean, it's college hockey, you know, they're not going to watch NHL teams or anything like that. So the towns are really into it and, uh, great support from the community. It's a great, great spot for people to play. It is, and the people are so great there, and they take care of you. They they look out for you. You know, after four years, you feel like you know everybody. You know, and, and <laughs> probably do. Maybe, maybe, yeah, you probably do. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I mean, you, it's just everything. You wait for you know Thanksgiving or, or whatever. You know, they just they go out of the way to take care of you and just make you feel welcome at home. And so you know, I I loved it. I loved the small town feel. Uh, you know, it, it was. It was really, really great, and that definitely with both both uh, colleges being the big ticket in town. You know, every game is just like bananas, especially Clarkson Slew. I mean, my God, what uh, absolute savagery uh, out there! But uh, yeah, I definitely miss it. You know, it feels like a million years ago. It was. But, uh, <laughs> it was great. That's a fun barn to play in, man. That's a really fun barn to play in. We played a lot. I mean, all of us played Section 10 championship games in that place, and it's it, it's it's a neat place to play. So yeah, it is getting remodeled. Appleton, Chill. Yeah, Chill. Was that Appleton's getting remodeled too? I think. Yeah, both are. It's all it's all torn up right now. Uh, Appleton, I remember we played my senior year. We played, it was the first game of college hockey. It was on a Sunday. An ESPN something eight, and uh, <laughs> and it was so loud, and you know with the acoustics and everything's wood. I remember someone I shot one from the point, and it was through traffic. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it leave a stick, but it it hit the backboards, came out in front, and I had, no one had a clue. No one had an idea. I mean, some guys tapped it in. It was just it was, it was deafening loud. I couldn't <laughs> hear a thing. I didn't even. I didn't never came off to put a puck there. I have no idea where anybody. I wasn't good enough to stop it and look. So I just stayed in my net the whole game. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, both, both, both ranks are just great. Well, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience uh, playing for Team USA? That must have been a hell of a ride. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, you know, I, it, it's just it's funny how timing works out, you know. Who knew that the NHL wouldn't go to Korea? I'm guessing you're talking about the Olympics, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so, you know, the World Championships is going on right now, uh, too, and I, I was super fortunate to play in two of those and never would imagine being on either any of those teams. But, uh, yeah, the Olympics, was, it's something else. I mean, it is hard to put into words, like, how unique and special that experience is. Um, you know, for just the time you show up from the opening ceremonies to training and everything, you just feel like you're just in this bubble. And uh, it, it is, it's, it's just amazing. I, I, I don't even know how to really, you know, articulate it. But, uh, yeah, great experience. I, w I wish we had, we had done better. You know, we'd lose in a shootout to go to the, to go to the medal round there. And uh, we had a great team, too. You know, we, we had a great team. We gelled quick. Guys, guys uh, got along great. Guys wanted to win. They, you know, everyone was so proud to be there. But, um, you know, it was just one of those games we did. We just would hit post and just couldn't capitalize. But yeah, it, it, it was just an amazing experience. I, I was just so fortunate and, and grateful to, to have been able to have been there. Yeah, we had a uh, local boy from Canton, New York on that team with you. Oh, yeah. Um, um, how was how he over there? Did you get to hang out with him? or? Uh... I was just going to say, I thought Jordan Greenway is the one that lost the game, probably. The reason. Um, he's great. I, he, he was a fun guy to be around. I mean, it's funny the mix of guys. You, know, you got some 
older guys like myself, you know, I think I was 33 and then I think Greeny was like 20, you know, in college still. Like, you know, I got my, my wife and kid there and, you know, <laughs> worried about a test, you know, when he gets home. But, uh, yeah, he was, he was great. All those college kids did great. I mean, you can see what a, what a physical specimen he is. And, uh, He's just a giant man that can skate and stick handle and shoot and pass and do everything and be creative and you know so yeah he, he did a great job all those young guys did and I mean he's gonna have a really successful long NHL career Donato was unbelievable I mean I I'm telling you he's gonna score 30 inch in the NHL to me there's no doubt about that his shot is just ridiculous I mean he, I mean I think he was our leading point getter too so yeah. Yeah, he definitely shoots a lot. Yeah, I mean, he can though. I mean, he could put yeah. it up probably anywhere. So yeah, Minnesota got a good one there, and uh, yeah, Terry, they pick, you know, so those guys, they were unreal. But I agree, they had it's something in the water up there. I don't know, you know, it's a lot of people coming out of the North Country. It's so, the pizza rolls. <laughs> yeah, I think he was on a. I think he was on a strictly uh, pizza roll diet. He said before he got there. He looks like it. That's he looks he like it. Clearly, <laughs> it helps with the height. Well, fellas, so I guess we we have to ask the question and talk about this rule change that David has um, pretty much single handed handily changed. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm curious as hell. Sorry to jump in on this. I'm I'm curious as hell. How, how did you even come up with this? Where, how did this come through your head in the first place to turn and and push the net off? When does that become? Well, I, I mean. <laughs> Did you like know the rules ahead of time that that was you know not uh, a big deal or you, you knew that it wasn't a just a misconduct or, or I forget what it was penalty shot penalty shot yeah no it, 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 it ended up being a big deal uh, especially in Germany they didn't you're still alive so <laughs> yeah barely good thing um, it wasn't okay though. Yeah, I did. As you know, I think the year I think it was the year before I was playing Hershey and in a couple games where they, they scored two on goals. And the one actually I think I think it was Gibbons and uh, Harry Zolnerchuk, who was on my team in Bridgeport when I pulled that act. Um, <laughs> so so they did that. And it, they had two on O's and, and Especially in the American League, I, like, I felt like I was pretty good at breakaways and, and penalty shots. I had a pretty good, like, pretty good statistics. I asked the referee, what's the rule that happens on knocking the net off? And he told me. The ref knew it. So <laughs> I put that in the memory bank. And then we're at World Championships, and we're at World Championships in Vance, and we're playing Russia. And I go in halfway through the game. We're down, like, 5 nothing, And the first shot I get is, like, a high-to-low switch or low to high switch, and the guy low coming up doesn't thump it off, and he comes up and he, he just, like, steps on a stick or something, and they come on a 3-0, and all, and Ovechkin's skating backwards through the slot, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, do I knock that off here? Like, I don't know. It's a, <laughs> I have double IHF. It could be a different rule. So, I didn't knock it off there, but, I mean, obviously, in the AHL, I made up my mind. If I get 2-0 again, I should, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I probably will not happen again. How often do you see 2-0? I'm going to knock the net off. And Bridgeport, you know, we're on the power play, and the way our, our power play breakout was, it was like a drop pass and four guys were up. So when our guy lost the puck, I knew there's no one able, everyone would be flat footed. So I saw the 2 0, chopped it, and, uh, you know, the guy lost the puck. That <laughs> not so good. But, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's what it was. And uh, the one in Germany, though, I mean, you yeah, started that, a riot. That, 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 that was regrettable, yeah. I think most of the backlash came from the, the team I was playing, and I caught that for years. When I would go to that that town, they would, you know, boo me every time. They touched me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it, it, but for the most part, they were pretty angry about it over there. It wasn't my intention ever to make anyone mad. I was just trying to do my best to win a hockey game. But what are you, gonna, you know, what are you gonna do? I probably should have done it the second time because it ended up just being a breakaway. Because the guy chasing him, this guy Frank Mauer, is like uh, rockets for skates. Like, I, I, there's no way he's gonna chase him. So then that one made me look bad too. So like Frank, why'd you try so hard? Like, <laughs> knock the mouth. No, like that was the breakaway. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I was an opposing player, it probably would piss me off. But it's pretty brilliant, actually. 
Yeah, it's still so brilliant. Shot. That... Not, yeah, yeah, I'm not robbing you. You're still going to get a penalty shot. You're going to yeah. think about it, you know? Yeah. Add a little oh, bit. Pretty... Yep. Smart, man. It was so brilliant. They changed the rule. I think it's uh, really cool that you did... <laughs> they had to change the rule book. So, very smart. Budget yeah. rule. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's, that's nice. Yeah, we don't. Uh, the AHL we don't rules. We don't want any more hygiene. Five is now the Legio rule. Yeah, and anytime Bob McKenzie talks about you, I mean that's that's a feather in the cap. Yeah, like, really. That, that makes you that makes you walk a little lighter the rest of the day, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just you know it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm I'm I'm. I'm uh, <laughs> It sounds like you don't really like talking about it. <laughs> no, I don't mind. I, I don't mind though. I mean, you know, it's just like uh, I. It, it was. It's just funny because I never really thought it would happen. I never thought yeah. I'd get that backlash. Like I did it, and I was just like, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I on Monday from Bridgeport, the PR guy said, "Oh, you're going to go on the radio and talk about that play." I was like, "Okay," I didn't think anything of it, and then he didn't tell me what show it was. You know, I was on like TSN. Yeah. NHL Network. You know? and my buddy's like texting me. I just saw you an NHL Network. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so yeah, I saw it that. Was it was it was it was fun. It was it was fun. You know, it I wouldn't even call it. I wouldn't even call it backlash, man. I think it's kind of cool that uh, well, you know, I'm you sure change the rule and. I think he's referring to what what you were saying. Social media started crushing you, right? Well, you get that, and then I. Yeah, yeah, you get that. And actually, when it happened in Germany, the, the assistant coach of the other team, uh, <laughs> he had a very not nice Twitter post about me. <laughs> like this, this day, what is happening? What are you, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, okay, he, he tweeted you, uh, and I'm like, yeah, he just said he called me like he called me a classless and said like I I uh, I disrespected our sacred game, and I, I was. I didn't even answer. I'm not, what, what are you going to say? You know, say I guess Fuck like you. Oh, I don't see it yeah. like that at all. Oh, and then he was like, you know, he was, he was chirping me uh, during warm-ups one time. And I, I, you know, there's some people that do it. It's not right. Yeah, you're going to get both sides of it no matter what. Fire so the yeah. See if you like Well, <laughs> well for, for me, like, I never wanted, you know, obviously I wasn't trying to disrespect the game. I mean, I was just trying to win the game. And then, of course, as any professional, you know, any profession, you don't want to, like, you know, you don't want to like, diminish your reputation. You're, you don't want to hurt yourself. But I, I certainly didn't want to do that, you know? So... Some people took it the wrong way. Maybe it hurt my career in a sense. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. You know, but you know, it is what I, it is. You know, it's a split-second decision, and then you know, all of a sudden, you know, you got the assistant coach from the other team sending you mean tweets. You know, what, what can you do? <laughs> when I heard about it, actually, you know, Dave, I actually thought about the uh, rule that the NHL implemented with the defenseman flicking the puck out into the, you know, into the stands, you know, when they were kind of, uh, you know, Running around with in trouble. in trouble, you know, you just flick the puck into the stands, and you know, Goalies to me, that. that's what I thought of instantly when I saw I heard about that. So, um, just another thing they had to implement a rule, a little loophole there. Yeah, a little loophole. It's a delay game. You know, it's a delay game. That's the way I looked at it the other day. Like I took a delay game penalty, and you're visibly upset. I, I get it, but I mean. It was just a delay game. Next time you come firing out and, uh, you know, do the <laughs> Hashik and double pad stack. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that. I got, right up. I got, two, I got my noggin sloshed too many times, so now I just stay back there stay and hope for the best. Yeah, get old concussions. Yeah, Dave, just, uh, just real quick before we get off the show here with you. Um, you know, a lot of the kids growing up in, in the United States, you know, they think about the AHL and NHL obviously being the show that everybody tries to get to. But, you know, like you've played in a couple of different European leagues. I mean, there seems like there's a lot more. Um, we've had KHL guys on the show. There's a lot more opportunities out there besides just these American leagues. And, you know, for these, you get out of college or, you know, the juniors and you don't have a chance to play in the United States, it seems like there's a lot of opportunities for Americans to go play overseas. Is this something that your, your agent helps you with getting noticed by these teams in Europe? Oh, hundred percent. And, um, I mean, you, you need someone over there to help you out. Um, 
a lot of teams in Europe that they rely on agents as well. And I, I, I've been lucky that I've had one of the best agents in the game, Steve Barlett and, and Scotty and, and Brian. Um, not, you know, and they're, they're based in Rochester and they do a lot of work in the NHL, but once, uh, once those opportunities, you know, dried up, they were able to get me in a great place, uh, you know, in Munich there. Um, so I've been lucky in that regard. I and mean, you obviously got to be good. You, you know, a lot of those teams look, look at numbers, but you know, it certainly helps to have the agents getting in there. And yeah, I mean, for, for kids coming out of college, um, of course you want to try to make the NHL, but you know, if you can't, uh, if there's a great life and, and, and definitely some money to be made in some of those leagues. Um, even if you, even if you're a guy playing D three and and you know you're a good player, if you can try to get in some, you know maybe maybe it's a quote unquote lower league, but you know you can really uh, experience the world and get paid while doing it. So I've been really fortunate. I played in some great places and uh, seen a lot of the world that I never would imagine ever doing. So I, I've been super lucky with that. Yeah, I, I think for us, we're we're a little bit older than you. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think to any of us, we even realize those options um, existed. Yeah, it, well, obviously, you know, I don't know how much older you guys are than me, but with the internet and stuff nowadays, I mean, you can find so much information on all these leagues. I mean, you could, you know, I, I would, no one, I, I would Well, I mean, know just like having know. agents and College. advisors and, uh, I mean, they, those, those were not around when we were kids. Yeah. They, they didn't exist. So ages, right. you know, and, and, a young age. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and I don't know how much I like that. It, it, it's it's too bad that the agents have to get involved. You know, it's kind of it's once one guy starts doing it, the other guy has to. You know, or you're getting 15, 16 year olds with agents or advisors. It's the way it's gone now. But um, and even nowadays, like yeah, the agents have a lot to do with it. And it, but nowadays, you you can watch games from any league, like any time. You know, like you don't have to like get your game tape onto a CD and then ship it across the world. <laughs> if, a team, if a team is interested in you, they're going to have game tape like right away and they're going to be able to watch and, and, you know, yeah, you have someone to get you in the door, you know, and they're going to make calls about you and, and, and do their, their homework, but it's a little tougher to fake it now. You know, they're going to watch the video, most of them, I think, um, especially the, the good ones. I know that in Munich, the, the coach there is very methodical, very detailed, you know, he knows a lot about you before you come in. Not every team does that, but um, you know it's amazing what 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 they can do now. What's the perspective on the NHL overseas? Like, is, are most of the like the German players wishing they were playing over in, in the states, or they some guys have pride with just playing for their in their country and for their league? I think everybody would want to play in the NHL. Um, when you, you know Germany, I think anyone. From Germany, we want to play in the NHL. The tougher about when you're young, if you're, you know, if we're using Germany as an example, you know, if you sign entry level in the states, what's, what's the rule? I think you get 95 bonus and or 90 bonus and like 70 entry level. And some of these younger talent in Germany are maybe making more than that because they're getting paid in euros and they're getting paid in that apartment and car and all that. So some of those guys, if they get the offer, maybe it's not even that much, you know, because they're not going to get the mass contract, but that's the max. Uh, they won't take that risk, um, but any of them want to be in the NHL. Yeah, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to play in the best league in the world? Obviously, K, about, the KHL could be a different story because these guys they're there, they're making more than they can make in the NHL, and you know, to each his own. But um, I think they're happy. You know, a lot in Germany, at least they're happy to play in Germany. You don't see a lot of German guys go outside of Germany because I think if you can play for the top leagues, you can make or one of the top teams. You can make a lot of money and live a great life in great cities but uh you know you see a bunch of germans go and play uh in the nhl or ahl you know and take that leap you know my teammate uh red bull uh was uh dominic Cahoon, and he developed in in munich and uh you know now he's playing for the blackhawks and you know, you've seen some other guys uh make that leap nice hey dave man we really appreciate you taking time out of your evening to uh speak with the blue liners and you know, it's interesting to hear people's stories, and it's always nice to see, you know, how they made it to where they are, and everybody's got a different career, so it was interesting talking to you, and we really appreciate you coming on. Before he goes, before he goes, Dave, you must be a Buffalo Bills fan, right? Oh, yeah. You got a, you got a record yeah, prediction for this year? Ooh. <laughs> You're talking What's to a Chiefs fan. Well, I think the over-under is like six, right? I, did you look yeah. at the... Uh... 
I'll take the over for sure. I think I think they're a playoff team. Um, I mean, they did a ton of free agency. They 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 drafted. Uh, I can't even think of his name right now. But that that D tackle they drafted is a, a beast. But no, I, I yeah, I, I liked what I saw this year, and um, hopefully Josh Allen can get a full year and healthy. And yeah, why not? I mean, uh, <laughs> time time for the Patriots to step aside. You know, the Buffalo the Buff what's the Buffalo boy retiring? You know, in New England. Okay, now, now uh, I think that was our curse that we didn't draft Gronk in the second round, and yeah. um, that was our that was our curse. So now it's now it's time for the Bills to uh, get the division and, and make a run and get back to the Mark Levy days. No doubt. I thought the Sabers were going to do the same same thing this year. Uh, just they couldn't couldn't pull it off. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully they do better this year. You know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they got a good. They got, lot, they got a lot of talent. Yeah, they got a lot of talent. I think you see the NHL all the time now. The teams that uh, were maybe lower in the standings the year before, they're 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 flip flopping next year. It's, uh, it's a league of parity now. Have you yeah, heard of this Cougar guy? Yeah, I, I I've heard of them, and and they've uh, you know on the local sports talk here that they're interviewing a lot of people that have come across them, and um, you hear nothing but positive things, especially how he develops cultures. Um, within the, the room and the organization, which I think I don't have any NHL experience, but I think in any organization that's essential. If you don't have a strong culture, you probably don't have a very good chance to sustain success. So, um, yeah, you're hearing nothing but positive things and then just talking to some guys. Because like, his son uh, played for the German national team a little bit. I think he's got a German pass and he plays for Bern, I believe, in Switzerland. So um, his name actually came up a few times when I was playing in Germany. So. You hear a lot of positive things. So, yeah, hopefully it's a great fit for the organization. Get a big contract yeah. this year, right? What's that? Skinner should get a, a pretty good contract, right? Did they sign? Did they finish that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he hasn't signed, but how well, long would he score? Like 50 goals or something? <laughs> yeah, he'll get he'll get a hefty one. Yeah, I don't know uh, well, how many he scored exactly, but typically and when you go into free agency, that's, uh, that's a good day for you. <laughs> Yeah, he picked a good year to score some goals. Yeah, he definitely did. It's never a bad year to score a 50 goal. No. I don't know if he scored 50. I don't know exactly. I know he scored a lot, but it's never a bad time to do that in the National Hockey League. All right, Dave. Thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I hope to see you guys at uh, Surge's one of these days. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Talk soon. Take care. All right. You too. All right. See you later. Bye. See you, man. All right, Dave Leggio coming on a pretty impressive career. Uh, I always like to talk to these guys that um, played in some of these European leagues because obviously we don't know much about them as far as maybe reading something on the Internet and kind of getting perspective, obviously, tonight about what goes on in those German leagues. And um, like, I like I said to him, you know, it, we get so focused on the NHL. We don't even focus much on the AHL over here just because the NHL is so big. But there are so many European leagues in, like, the KHL that – there's opportunities out there for people to go play in other countries. We just get so caught up on our own, our own league, you know? Yeah. He got the opportunity, you know, with the NHL, not participating, letting the players participate in the Olympics. He got a roster spot on the Olympics, which is huge for him, you know, huge for all those college kids and uh, guys like Dave, who uh, got a chance to go over and represent USA. Uh, like he said, he played in two IIHF uh, world championships, but uh, yeah, it's good to hear. I like to hear the stories about, uh, you know, the KHL and the ECHL and all those leagues over there. So what a good guy though. Clarkson played at Clarkson, one of the home teams over from. So uh, great, uh, great interview. Yeah. yeah I guess to touch on that. Well, just real quick, Rob, but touch on the, talk about the Olympics then. You know, when we asked him about that, he was almost just so humbled by being on the Olympic team, not even really knowing what to say about the experience because, you know, that's what else can you ask for to play play in the Olympics, right? So, yeah, I mean, for those guys that had that opportunity um, over in Korea, I mean, it's just there's something they'll always have and always talk to their kids about and their grandkids. And, I mean, that's just such a huge um, experience for somebody to actually accomplish and I mean that's I think that's bigger than playing a couple of games in the NHL you know what I mean mm -hmm. I'm with you on that yeah, you I, was say, gonna, I was just going to say you know he, he almost seemed 
Well, he was definitely a, a little frustrated with the blowback he got. He was definitely frustrated from the blowback he got, you know, from uh, pushing the net off. But, you know, as a competitor, I can see both sides. You know, he, he was making the calculation that to in order to put his team in the best position, he had to turn and take a penalty or, um, you know, push the net off. So, I, I, first of all, my advice, Dave, is, is fuck him. Um, <laughs> don't don't listen to him at all. You, you did your you did your thing. It's over. You're in history now, so fuck him. Yeah. Well, we talked about it before he came on, and like you know, was it premeditated? Had had he done it before? Was it something that you know? Obviously, it happens so quickly, a matter of seconds. How can you make that decision to turn around, and knock the net off when they're coming down on you? But he explained the whole story about you know how he had that in his head and that he was going to do it if it happened, and you know, he did it. <laughs> I think it's kind of genius, really. It is, and it could come from him being a Bills fan watching the New England Patriots. <laughs> you know, he started saying, hey, how can I bend the rules like these fuckers? So. Something <laughs> happened after the fact. I don't know if somebody shot a puck at him or something. I'm almost surprised that if he turned his back in real time, somebody didn't plug him in the back <laughs> while he was pushing the net off. Oh, you're going to push it off? Bink. Yeah, here it goes again. <laughs> Yeah, so a uh, great interview with uh, Dave Leggio tonight, um, and hopefully he gets on another team. Like you said, he's kind of waiting for that this That's year's awesome. signing with a new team, and um, it's kind of up in the air for him. He's uh, 34 years old, so hopefully that works out for him. He gets another year or two over in Germany or wherever he ends up, and uh, we'll have to kind of track what happens to him next year. How are you guys doing with your summer skates? You guys been able to wear them up there in the north? Uh, just barely, man. I'll tell you what, I've been holding on my Nice yeah. pearly white laces. I just don't want to get them muddy outside they're, yet. They're so nice. I don't want to wear them outside because I, I will get them dirty quickly, like immediately. <laughs> That's they're really comfortable. I mean, and we talked about them before in other podcasts, and um, you know they're a big sponsor of the Blue Liners now. And um, you know, for me, I just just broke them out last week and uh, fairly quickly breaking them in, and they're really comfortable. And you know, right away when people see them, they they comment on them, right? Because there's something like. You know, if you haven't seen before, especially hockey fans, they love them. So if you haven't seen them, get on their website and check them out. They're actually pretty unique. And like Pat says, you can get, what, 12 players. You can get your own logo on them. So we have some pretty cool ones with our logo on them that um, I think we gave a pair away. We'll be giving another pair away. So make sure you're listening for that in our podcast for a keyword on what to do to win a pair of summer skates here on the Blue Line Club. And uh, great product. Give us the website there, Pat, for summer skates. It's summerskates.com, and uh, you can go to our uh, website at bluelinehockeyclub.com, and there's a link. But, uh, yeah, Grey Sandals, it's, uh, you know, playoff season, summer oh, yeah. Throw Go to 2-4 Hockey and grab some uh, apparel, shirt, shorts, whatever, and then go on to Summer Skates and get some nice sandals. Yeah, if, this yeah. if you think about it for Summer Skates, you know, 12 seems like a lot, but it's not for, for a team like hockey. You get 12 of your buddies and say, hey, we're going to put our logo on these Summer Skates. Buck up and we'll all get them. It's not that bad. You get your logo on them and they're nice. So. 29 bucks a pair when oh, you get a dozen uh, with your let's logos. Let's get into so. our sponsor. Summerskates.com. Uh, Summer Check Skates, Pat, you want to touch a little bit about Summer Skates? Yeah, summerskates.com. They're uh, leading uh, producer for sandals, footwear for the summertime. Uh, we got each of us got a pair of Summer summer Skates. They're called their uh, sandals with <clears throat> real hockey laces, uh, real comfortable. We got our emblem right on it. They're pretty sweet, actually. Um, you can throw them in the washer. Um, you can order, pre-order, um, you know, a dozen summer skate sandals with your logo on it. So uh, check them out. Go to summerskates.com or go to bluelinehockeyclub.com, and we got a link right there that you can click on, and we'll take you right to the site. But uh, really, really nice sandals for uh, any occasion. Yeah, and actually, um, you know, when I wear those sandals around, I get more people talking about them than any other sandal I've probably ever worn. <laughs> people just see them, they think they're unique, um, especially hockey fans, you know, with the hockey laces. And, you know, they're definitely, the name themselves, Summer Skates. I mean, that's a brilliant name. Uh, they're really going to develop a good brand with that. And, uh, you know, I love them. Yeah, so we got, I got a picture on Instagram. Go to our Instagram page. You can check out Summer Skates or like at summerskates.com or bluelinehockeyclub.com. 
All right, boys. Uh, we got an exciting Stanley Cup playoff run going on here. Let's get into a little bit of that. We had the Bruins win in the first game, and uh, second game's going on right now. 2-2 two, two in the second. Pivotal game for St. Louis. They need this win in Boston big time. Yeah, for me, um, you know, the biggest thing that I took from game one and now half of uh, two-thirds of game two is that fourth line for Boston. Uh, yeah. We talked about it last week. Uh, they came out and Crawley scored uh, game one and game two Nordstrom scored. I believe he's a fourth liner as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so we talked about that a couple of different times on the podcast about that fourth line for the Bruins and the first two games, they both, both games they've contributed. So, you know, that's going to be a big part going forward. Yeah. Corelli's got two goals, right? First game, uh, Nordstrom's got a goal, but, uh, they just been producing, putting shots on that and, you know, going into the game, you know, into the Stanley cup game and knowing your fourth line can match up. They were actually matching their Boston's fourth lineup uh, with Tarasenko's line, and they were shutting them down. Obviously, <clears throat> um, uh, St. Louis came out and got two quick ones, but uh, Boston came back with four unanswered, and the whole time the Tarasenko line was out there, Boston put their fourth line out there after the two goals were scored and completely shut them down. So that's huge, and, and I haven't been watching much of game two tonight, but I'm sure that fourth line is out there every time. Uh, Shadowing. St. Louis is first. Yep. Yeah, they. Um, St. Louis is, uh, you know, they play a pretty physical brand of hockey. Too. I mean, both teams do, but um, St. Louis is, I think, who's who's the guy from, from Bruins, the defense? And I think Matt. Um, Grizzly. Pronounce the last name. Grizzly. 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 Yeah, he's, he got injured tonight. Um, I saw that. Returned to, yeah, he hasn't returned to the game either. So, um, you know, I heard them kind of kind of talking about St. Louis plays a really physical style play, and it kind of, you know, it kind of wears on that other team a little bit. And so I, I think, you know, I expected the Bruins to win that game one. Obviously, I know some people thought that the layoff was going to hurt them. Um, I wasn't one of those people that thought that it would hurt them. Um, you know, they're just too talented of a team, and the atmosphere and in Boston is just too too crazy for them to not come out and probably um, you know get game one. But they did start a little flat. Um, they That's came back. The they came yeah. They came back the second period and lit it up a little bit. But I, I expect St. Louis to hang in there and win this game. Honestly, I I, I continue to stand by the fact that I think St. Louis is going to win the cup this year. But um, I think that physicality of St. Louis and, and the fact that they I think they'll hang on and maybe win this game and you know steal one out of Boston. I just think that they kind of got a special team. Both teams have a special team, but I feel like uh, St. Louis has kind of a, I don't know. Cinderella story. Yeah, Cinderella story, like a kind of a leg up going in uh, to to the remainder of this. I I like Boston, but God damn it, they got two championships already. Give it to somebody else. So speaking of physicality from uh, St. Louis, in the first period, Oscar Sundquist blasted Tuka Rast. He was coming in on a – he had a defenseman right on him. He was coming to the net to take a shot, and he kind of, you know, could have laid off a little bit, but he just ran right through Tukaras, blasted him into the back of the net, got a penalty for it. And uh, the announcer was saying, well, that's a good penalty. They just got to kill off this penalty because that was a good penalty because they, you know, basically took the goalie out pretty hard. But yeah. like you said, they're, they're physical all around, whether it's, a, you know, hitting a goalie or, you know, blasting oh, uh somebody in the into the boards and knocking them out for the game. I mean, that's, that's game changer shit right there. Yeah, it is. And when, sure. when they were playing against San Jose, or was it? Yeah. San Jose, they were playing against, they, I think they rolled some guys out of San Jose too. There were some injuries that took place in that series too, just from that physicality that they played with. So, um, yeah, yeah Pavelski, they got knocked out. Carlson was yeah, out. Uh, absolutely. Well, the Grizzly kit, did you guys see the Grizzly kit? Yeah. His face, way he, the way he kind of followed through his face was the only thing left. <laughs> that guy to smash. Yeah, he was and definitely I, tasting the glass. I was watching Don Cherry's take during intermission, and I, and I think he had it right. And <laughs> basically what he's saying is, listen, defenseman, you are the one put that put yourself in that position by turning your back. You knew that guy was coming yeah. to put you into the glass. So to have your yeah. back at, towards him and face the glass – you put yourself in that position and you get hurt at your own peril. You turn, you face yourself, you be a man, 
and you brace yourself for impact. That's the way it works. That's the only way yeah. you're safe. It was kind of like he was uh, his shoulder was turned. You know how you go flat against the boards and almost you just get smushed up against the boards. His shoulder was turned a little bit, and then his head and his shoulder hurt. I think I think he just pinched his shoulder. Might even have a Whiplash. Uh, dislocated oh, shoulder or something. But getting into uh, game one last the other night, uh, Tory Krug lost his helmet in front of the net, and uh, to me it looked like a penalty. He skated the whole length of the ice and just leveled the guy. Clean hit, nothing dirty about it. But to me, that was a charge. Should have well, got a penalty. No, no, no. But what what happened was let's give some let's give some context though. What what happened was him and I don't remember exactly who it was for Saint. Armstrong, I think the defenseman uh, Sunquist. Sunstrom. Yeah, Sunquist. Sunquist. So they were screwing around, horsing around. They were wrestling and fell to the ground. And, you know, they stood up and ripped the, you know, one guy's uh, Krug's helmet got pulled off and he was face washing him. And then he got up and skated away. Well, Krug got up behind him. And you're right. It raced. He, he started racing down the other end of the ice. But what you didn't see is that he took, I, I don't, I don't know. Did he take 17 steps or did he take about five steps, get some speed up? get to the blue line and then take his steps in to make that it almost, contact. It almost looked like he was going to go like kind of cheap shot the guy that was fucking with him on the ice. And I then, think and then he was. Like, yeah, I think he was. And then like he decided, he's like, yeah, I, I see kind he of. He jacked up yeah, going down the ice. Yeah, he, he was, was jacked up. Somebody. But I think he made like, I think he made like a last minute decision. Like, yeah. you know what? Well, I, I, think, see that I, can, I think I can line this guy up mm-hmm. that's coming. Then I'm going after the puck for so. It, well, I think he, he I, was. I, don't, I think I, Pat, I thought the same thing as you. To be honest, I thought it was. I definitely thought it was charged. His fucking his feet never stopped moving. He was pumping it like twenty. Talk about seven, eight, fourteen steps. I think he had like twenty-eight. Yeah, eight strides whole, into that fucking the whole length of the ice. Well, he did. Yeah. No, he, he did he come to the, uh, the defensive zone. So there's a possibility. He, right there. he was going after that guy that was in, that was you know they were horsing around, but. Then he saw the puck coming to him, and he couldn't really, you know, fuck with him anymore. So he had to go for the puck because he was the closest one to the puck, and he just leveled the guy. But uh, uh, I'm surprised. He, has he gotten the fight yet? I haven't heard any. Not yet. I don't think so. But there has been a bunch of penalties in this in these uh, first two games already, and it seems like the Bruins have so just end up getting so many power plays. I don't know why, but it just seems like they always end up with a, a power play. You know, I'm, I'm for five. Sure. I'm the one that always just friggin' can't believe some of these penalties they call anymore. So, you know, I, I get all fired up about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just seems like the refs are definitely not keeping the whistle in their pocket like you do see in some of the playoff games where they let them play in that, like that little shit where a guy gets tripped because of his sticks in his skate, something like that. You know, they're, they're calling it. They're uh, not really letting them play like they used to. Actually, Krug, uh, he hit Robert Thomas. Um, that's who we leveled. That's right. That's right. He's not playing tonight, and uh, the head coach said it's not because of the crew kit, but I kind of – No, I think I think it shook him up pretty good. It's definitely from that hit. Yeah, concussy probably. Yeah, Grizzly uh, all fucked up to you or carrying him off into the dressing room. They was a little bit – they need some smelling salts for him. <laughs> so you got Robbie Fabry's taking the place of Thomas tonight at red uh, right wing with Maroon and Tyler Bozak. So uh, with that hit that crew had on Thomas, he's out and uh, Robbie Fabry's in there. So we'll see how he does tonight, see if he can produce with those boys. But uh, it's going to be a good series for sure. What's the score? Anyone got that live update? Uh, I think it's 2-2 intermission, but it might start it back up now. Uh, yeah, but like, you know, you said – you get a guy hurt and, um, you know, you're a healthy scratch and then you're in the playoffs or the Stanley Cup, you know, playoffs. So, I mean, that's kind of cool for that healthy scratch, too, that gets a, gets a chance to lace them up, you know, because sometimes those guys are healthy scratches for the whole series. You know, so it's good opportunities for those guys. I feel, you know, been in that situation in a different sport, being a healthy scratch, and it definitely sucks sitting in the press box watching the fucking game. So that's feel, feel good for that kid. Have we yeah. pointed out uh, Jordan Bennington the fact that he is uh, you know, got rookie, the biggest nose in the league? Rookie AHL basically. Is... <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of touched on that last podcast that you know 
a year ago, the uh, St. Louis Blues were going to send him down to the East Coast Hockey League, uh, lent him to the Bruins where he played for the Providence Bruins for a little while, uh, for a year, had like a 9.987 uh, save percentage, did really well with Pop Providence, went back to St. Louis this year, um, was in the AHL, a couple injuries came up, and now he's the star of the St. Louis. So, uh, uh, you know, like we were saying earlier, it, sometimes you just get your chance to uh, get pulled up and you just have to shine. Yeah, and the, the reason I, I guess I, I thought about that or brought it up was because, you know, look, he they went the first game one, they were up to nothing, and then he got pounded four straight goals. But what did he do? Did he go cry in his pillow? Maybe, but. He sucked it up and came back, and they're tied 2-2 right now. So, you know, look, it's impressive that he came back and he, he got over that uh, four straight goals. I won't rub it in his face, but um, he seems to be rebounding just fine, to, uh, the whole team. But him specifically, he seems to have rebounded fine and, you know, rolled it right off his shoulder and is playing it. So what would you guys do if you were a head coach and St. Louis loses tonight? Would you put Jake Allen in there? Uh, I don't think so, man. In my opinion, the guy's been playing lights out for the whole playoffs. So, look, I don't think it comes down to whether you think it's the goalie's fault you lost, or if it was the twenty guys that are supposed to be out in front of him stopping the puck from going into the back of the net. I mean, in the first period, blame it on first period tonight, he had uh, six saves on eight shots, Um, and then went into the second period. uh, He's had twelve saves on fourteen shots. So. Uh, he played all right in the second period. He, you know, let a couple in in the first on, uh, he only had eight shots, but, um, you know, I don't know. He's, he's been playing well. I mean, in that last series, when we watched, uh, him play in the last series, we were talking about him, how he was the, the game changer in that series. So, I mean, what was the, who was the goalie that we were talking about? Mrazic when he came back. And they, they put, yeah. They put Mrazic in. That was a big fuck up. You that, know? Was their, that was their fall right there. I believe. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think you. I don't think you change it up at this point. You know, he's got yeah, you. You don't, mess, you don't mess with it. And plus, you know, also, you know, the way plus, these win the finals go. Yeah, I mean, they win it tonight. It's a you don't even talk about it. But you know, even if they lose tonight, I don't think you talk about it because the way the Stanley Cup Finals usually work. You know, I mean, the home team a lot of times takes the first two games, and they go back to you know the other team goes back home, and the crowds riled up, and you got you know two games there. So I. I I think that you don't you don't mess with the you don't mess with the sauce there. So I think you yeah. keep it going away. You know, look, I I never understood if these guys are pros. I never understood the whole you know I don't like how he's playing tonight. I'm going to put him on the bench and see if he comes to my reality. To me, there's nothing more than wanting to strangle a coach when he pulls me off the ice like that. I want to be on the ice, and for me, in those situations, in the hardest part of the games. I better be on the ice and a part of that. Um, you know, so for, for Bennington, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of pulling this back to Bennington. If you think I'm the special sauce here and you pull me now, I'm going to be considering finding another location. Yeah, it sends, yeah. It sends a bad message to the whole team. Yeah, yes. it, it takes away confidence of a goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes away probably the confidence of all, of all the players, honestly, if the coach does something like that. I mean, you can see if he lets in five, six goals or something like that, and it's like, all right, you're having a bad night. You right, went out and smoked right, right. too much weed last night or something. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely for sure. So just talk about uh, one of the best players, I think, in the whole playoffs, in the whole NHL playoffs this year, Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, he, he had a nasty goal tonight on a, a really good second chance, got his own rebound, <clears throat> falling away from the net, reaches behind him, and backhands the puck into the net. Like, spectacular play. Um, you know, only things like, the great players that are finishing plays like that. And he's had a point. He's had like, I think one point in the last eight games. So, I mean, he's had 10 goals in the playoffs. I mean, that guy has been there for the blues, the whole playoffs. And I mean, he just continues to produce. And, you know, when I saw him score that goal tonight, I didn't, I was kind of standing far from the TV and, and then I looked to see his number 91. No shit. He's doing it again. And it just seems like every fucking game he's there, he's creating chances, he's firing the puck. I mean, that guy is, is a hell of a player, and I don't know why he wouldn't be up for MVP after the season he's had. Yeah, he's missed, he's missed yeah. for consistency. You don't have to worry about him showing up night after night. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's he's there making plays every single night. So, What was the deal with um, – did you see, like, whatever happened um, 
some guy was like skating by him and like breathed on him and he went down and was like, oh, oh, oh. And then <laughs> you look up and it was like, what did you He fucking skated by you. What are you doing, dude? He was, he was playing like a soccer fall, you know? The guy breathed on him, skated by him, and breathed, and was like, "Oh!" Had the train Look, I, over. I think there's a lot more of that going on that we even know about. I mean, if you watch some of these trips, it's like when they feel the stick between their legs, they go down. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a trip, man. It's a, the ref sees the stick between a guy's leg and legs, and he falls down. I mean, he's they fucking call it. The box by definition, yeah. going to the box. So why not? I think there's more of it than we even know what's happening with these guys taking dives and they're calling it too. And they're blatant. They're, the refs are calling the dives nowadays, but you know, with the penalties being so easily called now, it's easy to just take a fall when you step on a stick and get a penalty. So uh, they need to watch that a little closer. Yeah. Should be fun, man. We'll see what happens. Um, just to touch on uh, Dave Tippett, you know, hired as Edmonton Oilers head coach, uh, Dave Tipp Tippett has been uh, head coach in the NHL for a few years, uh, spending six seasons with the Dallas Stars, eight years with uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, they were the Phoenix or the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't able to lead the team to the playoffs, uh, but you know, he's got a lot of experience there. And we'll see what happens. It'll be an exciting season next year to see uh, what he does. You know. Um, inheriting the Oilers squad that hasn't been to the playoffs in two years with some top-end talent. So uh, that's pretty exciting to uh, get into. Plus, we got the uh, NHL draft coming up. Um, who won the uh, IIHF? I think um, Sweden won – or no. Uh, Kako Kuevu. Uh, Kapo fin Finland won that. Yeah. yeah. Kako Kuevu or whatever his Kako name is. Kako he was like nasty. So. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, Capo I can't wait for the season to like start to see what Dave Tippett can do for the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers. I think it's going to be tough. I, I don't think he signed too much. I want to say he signed like a uh, two or three year deal worth like $2 million a year. So uh, um, get him in there and see what he can do. And uh, like he said, I saw him in the NHL. They said that he's uh, going to try to tighten up on the defensive ends. Um, offense is there. He just needs to tighten up the defense. Yeah, I mean, they brought in Hitchcock. I mean, he couldn't obviously put it together. I mean, what? how many coaches are they going to go through before they, they figure out it's not the coach? I mean, you can only do so much with the people you have. And, you know, they've got some superstars, but they also have some holes in that lineup. So, I mean, yeah. the G GM, you got to look at the GM and say, well, is it time to – did they they fire the GM there too? Um, yeah, they got a new GM. Ken Holland's the new GM. And yeah, that's right. The new coach. So yeah. it's a whole new uh, whole new team out there, um, uh, GM. Yeah. We'll see third, third, third coach in one year or so. I mean, it's yeah. – uh, Well, I give him one season. If, if he doesn't <laughs> work, you can give us a call. That's right. Because it's time to. Oh, they, they need to start winning. I mean, Edmonton is a hockey town, and they want to win. And you know, they're probably going to keep shit canning people till they win. But you know, they got to put some of that on the players too. I thought Hitchcock did all right, to be honest with you. For uh, he, he didn't even have a full season. I mean, really, he, he deserved he a little bit better shape than Hitchcock that. Hitchcock a full season? Jesus. Yeah. Whatever. I did he leave? I, I think he left on his own. On his own, didn't he? Or did they fire him? I think they might have fired him. Well, wasn't he like an interim? Anyways, so they just hired yeah. a head coach. Yeah, you might be right. It's like getting rid of Quinville in in, in uh, Chicago, right? And then they put, replace him with kind of a no name, really, a young guy. Yeah. Young guy, and you know where'd Chicago go? Well, they had a few good games, but didn't change that team at all. Um, you take a legendary coach, probably a Hall of Famer, and now he's going to uh, Florida. Florida, right? Florida, yeah. You know, so who who wins out on that? I don't know. Yeah. Sweetos. Remains to be seen, but I think Florida at this point, um, you know, we have to give it to them at this point until we, we see anything different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chicago's got some guys that have been there. got Tays and Kane. Um, you know, how long are those guys going to be their, you know, their guys? Are they going to make some moves? Are they going to try to, you know, bring some new talent in? Um, you know, I mean, those are really good players, but we talk about it, the same thing with uh, the Penguins. 
you know, they've had their mainstays there for a long time. When is it time to juggle these guys up and bring in these new players, these young kids that we talk about, um, you know. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Minnesota Wild uh, GM uh, tried to go out and get Phil Castle. I don't know if you guys heard about this. You know, trade Zucker and a few other people uh, for Phil Castle. Phil Castle turned it down. Um, a lot of people in Minnesota are upset. You know, this is the second, third time that Paul Fenton, the GM, tried to uh, trade Zucker. And, you know, at what point does Zucker get pissed and be like, what the fuck, you know? You guys are trying to trade me left and right. So a lot of people out there are upset, um, you know, with that whole thing. And, you know, Phil Castle just flat out said he didn't want to go to Minnesota. So um, probably don't have, don't have good hot dogs up there. Probably not. Yeah, not as good as Pittsburgh. Probably wants to go to Chicago. They got some good dogs. Chicago dogs. Deep dish pizzas. A lot of pressure on these GMs, though. I mean, if you look at a team like Minnesota, they were just on that wild card cusp. Um, You know, they don't make any changes. Do they win next year? You know, who who are the guys they think they need to get more production out of? The sucker, one of them. Um, You know, I think uh, Koivu, you know, I don't know, would be the captain of the team. But, I mean, there's some of these guys you got Parisi and Suter up there that eat, you know, the salary cap, big 65% time. of their salary cap. And, you know, I, I mean, you can't say much about him. Suter, I think personally is uh, consistent back there. He runs a power play. Uh, he's pretty consistent, you know, five on five. And then you got Zach Parisi who led the team in points. So, uh, yeah, I think they deserve it, but uh, they're get, getting old. And Paul Fenton's going more towards the young guys, but, He's got a sign. That's, that's a little bit out of the calculation, right? You you decide to give these guys lots and lots of money, and it's to me, it's at that point I need to see results for that. So you don't have much time. You don't have five years to continue to not make playoffs or whatever it is. But you know what I'm saying? You don't have an unlimited Eight time just because yeah. you're great. So to they both have big contracts around or to keep these guys around. Simply because of this or that, like I eight years, I mean eight-year contract for twelve mil. I maintain that Suter could have been, you know, lopped off a long time ago. Um, oh, he's a, not a going solid anywhere. defenseman. Those guys, you know, you can find these young kids all over the place. And he played a lot of plays a lot of minutes too. I think he's top minute getter on that team for sure. And another news in Minnesota Wild: Mike Madonna's joining the front end staff. Um, you probably can a lot of talk is saying you could probably see him being the GM in uh, two, three years down the road or the head coach. So that's pretty exciting. Good guy. What? Yeah, I know you talked about that a while ago, actually. He said he was reaching out to Greenway and talking to him a little bit, and he said that that might be happening. So that finally went through. Yeah, finally went through. He's in the front office. I want to say he's uh, president of hockey operations. Don't quote me on that, but he's got a title like that somewhere. Nice. Well, fellas, we do have uh, – I think the game has started back up in the third period here. Um, we got Wade Megan coming on next week. Yeah, Wade Megan coming on, Canton Boy, uh, part of the Detroit Red Wings associate uh, system. Uh, been up and down there, and uh, it's going to be a good interview. So stay tuned for next week for that interview. I will also have you know, probably going to know what's going on in this, uh, this Stanley Cup series by then. Um, see what happens tonight and, and over the weekend. But uh, a lot of good hockey news coming up next week. Get on to our website, check out all of our podcasts that we've had featured in the past. And uh, we also have some giveaways that we're going to be doing. So um, we'll be giving those away on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, make sure you're checking out our uh, iTunes podcast site. Give us a review, five stars, leave a review. The best review that we like, we're going to give away some free stuff. So. Get on there and check us out. All right, boys. Great show. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Hey-ya! Doctor! Keep your head up. Lardy. We know.